Welcome to This Week at TMS. I'm your host, Ben Dieter. This week, after two major Miami football losses in a row, our sports editor, Chris Fennell, tells us what's ahead for the Red Hawks. And a preview of a new sports podcast from the Miami student. It's Friday, September 27th. Chris Fennell, how's Miami football doing this season? You know, we're not really sure who Miami is yet. So they've played four teams and all a different caliber of teams, none similar to Miami in talent levels. Um, so their one loss, or their one win, I'm sorry, uh, was to Tennessee Tech, who is a Division One AA team. Miami blew them out by nearly 30. And then they've lost three games, one to, to UC, who's probably closest in talent level to them. And up a, until a couple weeks ago when they lost to, to OSU themselves, they were on the cusp of being nationally ranked. Um, so that's not really in Miami's ballpark either. And then Iowa and Ohio State, they just got Miami just got big boyed, outclassed um, by two Big Ten teams who who are both going to be very very good this season. Obviously, Ohio State is is probably in the playoff uh, contention. Okay, and so then with that game last Saturday, there was a lot of hullabaloo around that game. Can you kind of take me through the the storyline of that game? I under I was there myself, and there was there was a point in time there where where Miami had maybe a little bit of a glimmer of hope. Can you take us there? Miami did have a glimmer of hope. They came out firing, and no one expected it. So, you know, they come out on the second offensive play for Ohio State of the game. They force a safety. Second and 11 from the shadow of their own goalpost. Fields has it stripped and out of the back of the end zone. It's a safety for Miami, and they take a 2 to nothing lead. What a strip sack rolls out the back of the end zone. 2 nothing Miami. Okay, they get the ball after that, too and they engineer what I think is probably their best offensive drive of the year. They ran, they pulled every wrinkle they had out in that playbook. So they were running the speed option. You never see that from Chuck Martin. Almost never. In my three years of covering Miami football, I have seen that maybe once, twice outside of this game. So they pulled out every wrinkle they had. Uh, Jet sweeps, play actions, running the ball left, running the ball right, you know, just a little bit of everything. A really good, long, solid drive against uh, an OSU defense that is not slouching in – statistics or talent in any way and so with the uh the, the all the stops that chuck martin pulled out and you said it was pretty out of character does that more speak to a new boldness in play calling or is it more adapting to the kind of personnel we have this year i know we have the the true freshman quarterback for the first time in a while if not ever is it is it personnel related at all or is it on the coaching side i think it was just I'm going to try to every single thing I can to maybe give ourselves a chance against a team that is just going to outclass us probably. So the play calling equivalent of just throwing something at the wall, seeing if it sticks. Essentially, yes. And so they go down, drive does stall inside the 10-yard line. They kick a, a field goal, go up 5 nothing. Miami's rolling at this point. I mean, everyone is – there's already Twitter posts and Instagram posts about, you know, we want Alabama and that type of thing. Just – Every crazy thing you can think of, Miami's up 5-0 on Ohio State. So Ohio State gets the ball, they drive down, they score. At the end of the first quarter, it's 7-5 Ohio State. Okay. By this point, everyone expected, you know, 21-0 Ohio State. Miami was already going to be out of it. Well, Miami is very much in it. And then the second quarter came. Fields into the hands of K.J. Hill, and K.J. Hill into the end. Fields this time using his legs, cutting inside. Fields is going to keep it, and he's got this it. This time, bootlegging out, throwing it for the end zone. Touchdown, Fields to Chris Fields going for it all. Got it. Did he get down in bounds? Yes. Touchdown. Spectacular catch by Benjamin 
yards on the last play this time for the end zone. A touchdown. What happened in the Ohio quarter? State scored on their last six possessions, six consecutive possessions to end the half. All touchdowns, all by, I believe, all but one by Justin Fields, who's their terrific quarterback. He's going to be in the Heisman race if he stays healthy. But they, they put up 42 points in the second quarter, which I was told was their highest total since at least 1960 in a quarter. So epic proportions, you know, offensively for, for Ohio State. Miami's out of it. Miami does not score. In the process, their quarterback, true freshman Breck Abbott, gets hurt. He's done for the game. He's questionable to return this week. Uh, we still don't know. I don't think the coaching staff knows. Uh, he'll probably be a game-time decision, if anything. I would, I would not count on him being there this Saturday. But he gets hurt in the process, and at that point, Miami essentially becomes uh, scared to, to throw the ball, really. They've got Jackson Williamson in. He attempts a couple passes, doesn't go too well, um, and he only throws the ball five times in two and a half quarters. So uh, at that point, Miami was just kind of shot, already shot in the foot. I mean, they weren't coming back from from 49 to 5 at halftime. And so the, the third and fourth quarter for both teams really was just kind of a playing of the backups. And OSU continued their dominance by putting up 27 more and finishing with 76 points, which is incredible. Incredible. Seven, I think that's the most they've scored points. since. Yeah, that's the most they've scored since 2013. So once again, we're, set, we're setting records here. God, I, remember, records. I remember when the, the notification came across my phone and I was like oh my god did you leave before the end of the game yes yes Kaylee our managing editor and I were at the game and we we left it probably in the the middle of the start of the third quarter ish and so we thought it would probably just remain the same but we saw 76 to 5 and we both just kind of looked at each other and we're like oh my god (laughs) so and that that was with the last three minutes the game being canceled the game Game was called with like two minutes and 38 seconds left due to, to lightning. Each lightning strike is 30 minutes. You got to take a 30 minute delay and it resets every new strike. Um, so they were like, well, it's 76 to five. We're not going to do this. This isn't worth it. So, uh, I mean, it was pouring down right at this point. All the players are coming in the tunnel soaked. I made a dramatic like 50 yard sprint down the sideline to make it to the press conference room and just not great conditions. I was soaked. Everyone, everyone was soaked. But honestly, it started raining on Miami probably in the second quarter. <laughs> it got ugly. It got ugly. So with this crushing defeat at the hands of the Buckeyes, what exactly should Miami take away most from this from your vantage point? You know, there's the experience of playing at Ohio State. And like I said earlier, they played Iowa this year. I was a, a top 25 team. Anytime you can get experience like that, it's valuable, um, especially when you, you go down to now play lesser competition in the MAC. But, but I would say, honestly, the biggest thing is, is we didn't learn anything about Miami, and I don't know if they really gained anything X's and O's wise, except maybe that sometimes throwing things at the wall offensively works, as we saw in that first quarter. They didn't really do that the rest of the game. They got kind of conservative with it. Uh, lots of running, lots of just straight up the middle, and nothing really too creative. Lots of people thought they were going to come out and try some crazy Philly special trick play or something like that. That didn't happen. And I think that's because the game got quickly out of hand, and that's okay. But so for Miami, I think the biggest thing is just continue what you had in that first quarter. I mean, if you can play that way against Ohio State, why can't you play that way in the MAC? I think that's that's probably the attitude they're gonna they're gonna take into it, and the coaching staff will probably emphasize. So then, looking forward into that that MAC play, the upcoming conference play, as we move further into the middle and back half of the season, 
do we know, do we have an idea about how Miami might be able to perform now that they've at least had this, you know, big time competition and these bigger Big Ten and obviously the UC is a bigger opponent. Do we know how that might translate to Mac play? This is kind of what Chuck Martin is known for. Starting out, you know, losing, having a losing record after six games or after the first half of the season, and then the second half just turning it on and almost winning the league. I mean, I don't know how he does it. It's a yearly tradition at this point in Miami. Uh, starting in 2016 when they went to their first bowl game in, in uh, almost a decade, I think, they started 0-6 and then came back and won their last six regular season games. And so that was to send them to a bowl. Next year they finished 5-7. and seven. It was the same thing in conference, though, or out of conference, excuse me. Uh, they went 1-3 and three and then came back and played really well in the MAC. Same thing last year. They made a run, won four of their last six to send them to bowl eligibility. They didn't actually get a bowl game due to, to the number of teams that were eligible. But, yeah, I mean, they, they made another run. This year, I think they can do it again, honestly. The MAC is kind of a down conference this year. I think there's a legitimate argument to be made that it, it's the worst conference in college football this year. We could talk about that until the cows come home, but we're not going to get into that. But I think, honestly, with that, Miami has a shot as long as they stay healthy. I talked about Breck Gabbert getting hurt. We don't know his status for this week. If this is something that lingers on for a month, I don't know how much of a shot Miami has. Especially, like I said, they became a one-dimension, one-dimensional offense on Saturday uh, after he went out. So they would really, I, I think it would be much of the same if they went into Mac play without him. If the rest of the team can stay healthy, if he can come back relatively quickly, I think they've got a shot to make another run. I don't know how possible it is, but I'm not going to rule it out with Chuck Martin's past. And, and if he doesn't make one of his, his patented runs, we may be looking at the end of his time in Oxford. With that in mind, now that we, we've kind of assessed the realistic chances of the Red Hawks moving forward into Mac play, what what is one or maybe a few of some of the hottest takes that you have as sports editor of the Miami student right now about Miami football? Mo Thomas, the wide receiver and running back, is the most underutilized player on the planet. Okay, I'm going to leave that right there. He's been the most underutilized player on the planet for the last three years. He was hurt two years ago. That should have been his year. Came back last year. Didn't have a great year, and I don't think that's his fault. This year, he's having an okay year. He actually led the team at rushing at Ohio State. He should have been fed the ball more than eight times, but was only fed the ball eight times. That's a coaching failure. Mo Thomas, hands down the best offensive weapon on the team. Needs to be featured more. What makes him the best offensive weapon? Like, what is he working with as an athlete that maybe is different from the rest of the receiving and like skill player core that Miami has right now? He's just fast. I mean, he's. I talked with uh, Brady Feaster, our staff writer and football beat writer, at the game the other day, where maybe he's not Big Ten fast, but for the MAC, for the Mid American Conference, he's speedy. And then also he's big enough where he can break tackles. He's versatile. You can line him up and take direct snaps. Essentially, he's a quarter, wildcat quarterback. You can put him in the slot at wide receiver, outside, wide out, and then in the backfield. I think kind of in the slot, in the backfield as a running back is probably his best spot. And then he also returns kicks, which this is the only part where I'll criticize him, is he, he doesn't return too many of them. Typically, he's calling fair catches. And I don't know if that's, that's a coaching thing or if that's just an impersonal decision. But when he does bring him back, he's dangerous. So... I think he's a super underutilized guy, and, and I would be, heck, I'd be trying to get him involved a couple times a drive every drive. Anything else from, from your vantage point that you can think of in terms of 
a take that we might not be hearing too much of right now. You're kind of hearing a little bit of the, this, but but like I said earlier, if Chuck Martin doesn't come back and have one of his runs in the MAC here, I think we could be seeing the t- end of his time in Oxford. He's never won an out of conference game against a Division One opponent. He's never beaten UC in six tries. Miami, arguably Miami's biggest rival. He's only beaten OU, you know, another top two rival. He's only beaten them once. And so I think kind of patience is wearing thin with him. His contract runs through this year and next. Uh, I'm not sure what his buyout is, but but it shouldn't be too big with only one year left. Yeah, I think he just needs to make a run. It's about time where, where fans are kind of demanding results rather than the same old, same old. And since he's given the same consistent result the past three seasons, patience is wearing thin. We'll be right back. And then to kind of move away from football a little bit, obviously it dominates much of the sports consciousness, especially in the fall. What else do people have to look forward to this season in terms of sports? Yeah, so volleyball is going on right now. They're kind of in the same spot as uh, Miami football, actually, where the Red Hawks are kind of limping into Mid-American Conference play. They've played a couple of big boys outside of conference um, Tennessee being one of them North Carolina that type of thing they actually beat North Carolina they got their own butt whooping at the hands of Ohio State a a few days ago Um, so they're they're coming in at five and six and they also expect to make a run in the MAC it's what Carolyn Condit does she's done it for years here I believe they're going for their fourth straight mid-american conference title and with the talent they have uh, I think it's better than last year's team which which won the title so I think you know she's got another shot at coaching up a really good team this year and then hockey coming up. Everyone loves hockey here. Yeah. Gog Ice Arena, it's going to be bumping here October 6th, Sunday, 5 p.m. against Bowling Green. Coach Bergeron is, is the new head coach of Miami Hockey. He's playing his old team, Bowling Green, to open the season, which is just an interesting storyline to me. I love that. I don't know how great the team is going to be. I don't think I, – I think Enrico Blase kind of left the uh, cupboard bare, if, if you want to say that, in terms of talent. But I think Bergeron is, is going to look to turn this team around very quickly, and it starts against his former team. All right. So in in closing here, Ross, I'd like to I'd like to give you the the floor a little bit to talk a little bit about a new sports podcast that we're actually starting to add to the Miami Student Podcast family. So if you want to take a take a minute to tell us about that, yes, sir. So uh, Josiah Collins and Patrick Geshin are the two knuckleheads hosting that thing up. They're super excited for it. I'm super excited for it. Basically, they're just gonna. It's gonna be a weekly thing where they talk about what's going on in Miami sports, biggest news. Uh, they're gonna review games. If there's a big game like Ohio State, they're kind of do what we just did and talk about that. And then they'll they'll often bring on either a player, a Red Hawks coach, or a beat writer from the student that'll go into a story they just wrote or t- come to talk about the team. Or if they're a player coach, obviously they'll they'll talk about. Uh, their life as, as a student athlete or, or coach of student athletes. So I'm super excited for it. It's going to be a good product and, and definitely be on the lookout for that. Yeah, I'm super excited for it too. It's going to be awesome. And they actually recorded a little trailer for it here. We're going to play this. But first, I want to thank you, Chris, for taking the time to sit down with me. I really appreciate talking about Miami football. Yeah, I love it. I could do this all day. So, so anytime you want to have me back, let's do it. All right. And here is the trailer for our new sports podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Patrick Geshin from Oxford, Ohio, and I'm a new co-host of 
Press Box Thoughts from the Miami Student. I'm from Oxford, Ohio. I play-by-play announce games on Red Hawk Radio. I'll do a little bit of writing for the Miami Student this year, and you can see me on Miami Television News as well. And co-hosting with my partner in crime over here, I'm Josiah Collins. Uh, I'm a senior. I'm from Cleveland, Ohio originally. I'm a writer for the Oxford Observer, a writer for the Miami Student as well. And looking forward to getting through everything sports here at Miami University. We're going to be talking about everything, breaking down the entire week of sports, getting all the big news in for you guys. And Patrick, you want to tell them what else? Yeah, we'll also interview top players and coaches of Miami sports and some beat writers, too, that cover those sports for the Miami student about uh, the things they cover and things going on inside Miami sports. We'll get an inside look at things going on across Miami athletics. So if you're a fan of sports, a fan of Miami sports, this is the right podcast for you. Looking forward to it, Josiah. Same here. Make sure you guys tune into the Miami student next month in October for our first podcast and just tune into the Miami student this week as well. This week at TMS is produced and edited by me with supervising production from our managing editor, Kaylee Doyle. Special thanks to Miami's Media, Journalism, and Film Department. Our theme music is by Sam Terabellini. That's all for this week at TMS. Tune in to the Miami Student on SoundCloud next Friday for a new episode. I'm Ben Dieter. See you next week. Love and honor.